You're listening to the American Soccer Analysis Show. Dude, you're, you're the Tommy McNamara of podcasting. It's great. Thank you. Wait, what? With your hosts, Ian Lamberson. If you say one more bad thing about Mike Grella, I'm going to cut you. And Harrison Crow. Patrick Mullins is what happens when you least expect it. From the kickoff to the shootout, we're amped up, we're ramped up. For a breakaway from a set play, it's a give and go. Hello, everybody, and yes, welcome to the American Soccer Analysis Show. I'm your host, Ian. With me, as always, my co-host, Harrison, who disavows every one of my performances on this podcast by saying, that's not what we went over in practice this week. That's not what we went over. Say hey to everybody, Harrison. You know what? I, I set a schedule. That, that's not what we practice. <laughs> we're supposed to we were supposed to nail it. I don't even know what they're doing. We're going to talk about this uh, halfway through this uh, podcast. We're going to stop. We're going to pause. We're going to reevaluate. And you know what? We're going to get things right. We're going to have closed-door meetings um, that need the to be sanctity. had um, that yes. might as well be open-door meetings. Of the locker. The sanctity of the locker room has been been squashed. Um, yeah, that locker so we're, room, bro. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, yeah, talk about it. We're going to talk about that and a couple other things. It's going to be a short show this week, guys. It was a short, short MLS calendar, a little USMNT stuff to discuss, but, uh, you know. Just a short show, just a quick one. Just wanted to check in with all of you to let you know that we're still here. We're still watching MLS. We're still proud to be American soccer supporters. We're still proud of the boys in red, white, and blue uh, for their two um, results. I guess we can call them results uh, in, in friendlies against uh, Ecuador and then Chile. Uh, you know, they got a, 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 a win against Ecuador. It was, I know, uh, it's, it's, it, was it feels w- weird to say a win, right? Because like, it felt yeah. kind of like... Other than it felt like a draw, yeah, even though it was, we still won. Or, it was yeah. a win of one goal to zero goals, which is the most dangerous score in soccer uh, at 90 minutes. At 90 minutes it is, or after the game. Um, Jesse's artist with a worldy outside-the-box deflection finds the back of the net. You can't say it wasn't deserved, Harrison. You can't say it wasn't deserved. But you no, can say... It was lucky. Oh wait, there's, there's 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 no luck in that. You know, I, I heard something today. Um, it, 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 someone said, and I it, I listened to a ton of podcasts. So whoever it was, I apologize for not citing you properly. Come see me after the show, and you know, I'll, I'll give you five dollars or whatever. Um, so they said something to the effect of when they went for their coaching license, they they used the word luck a couple times, and they got marked down for it. And that's crazy because because the person said it's not a matter of luck. It's a matter of whether or not the person executed. And that blew my mind that coaches think in that in in such like black and white that's terms. So like God complexy, isn't it? Like, what do you mean? There's no luck. Come on. Like balls carry them off of things all the time in soccer games. And like, yeah, it's good to react first to it. You know, you put yourself in a situation to score a goal if you take a shot. Uh, I believe is the 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 commentators on on FIFA. I don't know if they still say it, but a few years ago, you know, they they always shouted like, "You can't win the lottery if you don't buy a ticket" or something like that. Yeah, or maybe that's Taylor Twelman. I don't know. You know, you, you put yourself in the right spots and you, you do things as best you can. But but to act like there's no luck in soccer is just madness. There's tons of luck in soccer. Well, I think <laughs> even Johan Cruyff even said something to that effect, right? Like Johan Cruyff was like, "You can't. Uh, you have to find. Uh, you have to." 
take the shot or something to that effect. You know, he had, he had a clever thing that he used to say about taking shots. That's um, a clever that, man. Yeah. I mean, obviously. So, um, if he's going to say it, <laughs> you, you should write that down, um, as soon as you figure out what it is that he said. Uh, but yeah, I looked at, uh, there was a book I read. It was one of those books that we've all read that I don't think everybody liked. And it was like the numbers game or the other one. It wasn't inverting the pyramid, but it's the other one that everybody in American soccer has read. Like those four books that were on everybody's list a couple of years ago. That was like, oh, the secret math, or like why England wins, or why Germany yeah, wins. England yeah, loses. I don't remember which one. They're all basically the same book. That are all some of them are good. I think this one had some spurious uh, claims, but uh, it, it said that soccer was fifty percent luck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think that that's really possible right like i don't yeah. i don't think that's outside the, like the realm of possibility that it's 50 yeah. percent luck or uh 50 yeah. i think i think the actual term uh the actual quote is like it's 50 percent chaos yeah it's like to say luck but has a sort of it, it has it's a the same content to it. exactly yeah that's not really what we're saying here it's more that like 50 percent of soccer is randomness <laughs> and controlling the other 50 percent is how you uh become successful uh I think that's my personal take on that whole situation. But it's interesting, and it's maybe a longer discussion topic for someone that's actually looked into it or can even remember the name of the book that <laughs> the quoting comes from. Uh, but but certainly, yeah, it was a lucky goal. There's no other way to say it. That wasn't what he was trying to do. <laughs> it's not, but you know what? At the same time, like who doesn't take a goal a goal like they always tell us oh, sure, like sure, when sure, we sure. talk um, about expected goals all the time and celebrate. they're like well what does a score sheet say you know when we we discount you know well this player doesn't doesn't look like they're going to continually score you know that many goals we always get it like thrown back in our face that we're being nerds and we're playing soccer on spreadsheets but then you turn around right. and you know a guy doesn't have the touch that you and let's just say it, like Jazzy Zard is had a really great touch this past uh, yesterday against Chile, uh, leading to Christian uh, Christian Pulisic's goal. But not luck. N- n- no, that was skill. But at the same time, because Zardes is known for his touch, there, there's a disposition towards him that is generally like this player is inherently below average because he has a bad touch. And that's not to say, like, Giazzi Zardes is, like, great. Also, he, he went, like, two and a half years without scoring a goal. Well, there is the, there is that. But I think there there's compounding factors in that, in yes, that fact, of course. right? I'm just saying it's not just the first touch meme that people are down on. Or we're down. I don't think people are down on Giazzi Zardes that much anymore. I mean, all, all things considered. Well, I, I think he's, I think yeah, he's a I good striker. So. He's all right. I I don't think he's great, but I think he's good and I think he's serviceable and he's doing exactly what the U.S. men's national team is asking of him, short of, you know. uh, I'd rather see him up there than a lot of people, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I I don't think that there's anything wrong with him being selected. I, I, you know, Josie Altador is not healthy. Uh, Josh Sargent is off with the, what, U20s or U23s or wherever else he's at. And he's not been starting uh same with baby Wea. yeah same with baby Wea. so i mean you got to give the i mean i i have a few ideas of what the u.s men's national team could do alternatively but i i that comes from harrison's like just say say ryan's hauling said just say it dude so you know you know i don't love the (laughs) intro right that's true you, you know 
I can can I work with you to like get just that no. guy screaming Ryan? You, you saw the highlight no. of Hollingshead scoring no. this weekend, right? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not. It just him that. screaming right. Can we have I that? Like, I like I like the way it is. I don't want I don't want to do all that work. <laughs> all right, so listen. Uh, let's just give uh, an overall kind of impression. Now I'm gonna full disclosure. I, I did not see last night's match against um, Chile. Uh, from what I understand, it was uh, okay. And it was good that Pulisic scored a goal. It's bad that Pulisic got injured. Michael Bradley did good passes, so we're back on the Michael Bradley train. Oh, oh no, we're not, because Michael Bradley didn't cover enough ground or mark Otero Vidal the way that some people thought that he should, even though um, we're not entirely sure that that was Michael Bradley's role. Well, we don't know anything. Um, we don't. You know, last week we talked about the Tyler Adams at right back thing, and I have opinions on this now that I've seen it in action. Oh, 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 please do. Please Are you do ready? Yeah. yeah. So here's my tactical. It's fine. <laughs> Whatever. I don't. <laughs> he wasn't back playing right back that much. At the beginning, I, he didn't look like he was inverting much. And I was just like, wait, is he just an actual right back? Because that's not what we described at all. But then he saw, I kind of saw what they were doing. Um, it was fine. I, I, I honestly, I thought he, I thought he was pretty good. I thought Jordan Morris and, um, I really wanted to see Morrison rolled on on the field at the same time switching off. I felt like there's kind of a, a Morrison rolled down. Yeah, that's what I, I that was the team up that I kind of wanted to see. Right. Because yeah. uh, you had Weston McKinney that was playing right there in that role. And, and not to say like Roldan's better than McKinney. Like I, I, I'm not saying that what I wanted to see is two guys that had chemistry already that could yeah. work and occupy in the same space and play off each other. I mean, uh, if you follow Seattle uh, even a little bit, and I know there's plenty of people that listen to our podcast that dislike Seattle, uh, it, intrinsically and maybe even with uh, uh, extreme veracity. prejudice, right. extreme prejudice. <laughs> uh, yes. So, but most people understand that Morris and Roldan have a really good friendship, right? That, that, that's that's their buddies. They're buddies. well known, yeah. and I think that they work really well together on the field for the Sounders. I think using and leveraging that chemistry, if you want to say it, uh, on the field would be really advantageous, especially for two people learning a system. And I'll go one further. I'd say not only do they work well on the field for chemistry, I'd say they work well off the field for the memes. Um, it's an interesting idea. I thought Morris was pretty good in what I saw. I know that there are people that got mad at him for not dribbling. Eddie Johnson's on one again, but that's just... Eddie Johnson. Does Eddie Johnson, <laughs> like, what did Jordan Morris do Jordan, to Eddie Johnson? What Jordan Morris did was got a contract that Eddie Johnson just did not feel he deserved. Um, and that was that. I don't really know what's going on. Um, you know, I got a lot, of, a lot of love for Eddie Johnson. I'm not sure what's happening there. But, uh, yeah, he, he was fine. Um, overall, I think my impression of the team was just that it was okay. Like, it looks like, what I like is that I'm not, it doesn't feel as existentially, like, pointless as it did during the interim era you know like at least we're working on something i do like that that there's like a process now i don't know if that process is going to work but it's more interesting to me than just sort of just randomly throwing guys out there just to like sell a few tickets and see like oh yeah we're still the u.s men's national team i nothing set me like i i will say like i didn't see anything in that game against ecuador that made me think we have to throw away this tyler adams Angonche right back, Shuttler, uh, you know, system. 
so like that's fine. I don't think it was a great test of it. I mean, I, I think the biggest question has always been like, what are you going to do against a team that really dominates possession? In like that. what just happened, right? Like so that was uh, the, that was what yeah. everybody said coming out of Ecuador, and then <clears throat> yesterday, uh, Chile like had you know a huge amount. They had sixty six percent of the ball. They didn't really do it though, did they? Did they do that? They, well, they had right back? so. No, um, this was a little bit more of a direct. Uh, this looked like a pretty standard thing from the write-ups I saw. I didn't yeah. see it again. So, so yeah. again, they did go to a four. They kind of went to a four-four-two uh, defensively, right? Uh, yeah. With Pulisic up up tar- top with uh, Zardes, and you had Ariola dropping uh, back along with Baird and Roldan and Bradley, um, with you know Reem kind of tucked in. So a lot of people said they saw Tim Reem. They wide, which is you know a problem because you kind of kept mismarking people. But there's a couple times that he tucked in too deep, and he allowed passes into a player behind him. Um, so I, I the whole experiment with Tim Ream, I, I like him. I dislike him at other times. Uh, I, I I'm kind of wondering who else is out there and. It, at the same time, acknowledging like there's really not a lot out there, right? Like whoever we're gonna get is probably of the same quality as Tim Ream. Like For logically that role, speaking, yeah. I mean, you could make an argument that maybe that's where you say, okay, let's do that thing with both fullbacks, and you know, maybe you can be clever in that way. But yeah, I mean, for the straight four-four-two or whatever, I don't know. I don't know if that works, right? Like, if you, I don't yeah. know if you can put Nick Lima out there at the left back and expect him to ha- to take on the same defensive responsibilities via that you know he's going to have as a right back yeah. um, going into that four four two. I just don't know if he's as good if he can do that, right? Part of uh, having Nick Lima or Tyler Adams up further up the field is to help kind of stop that counterattack, stop that transition and have them in that position to where that they can already disrupt as soon as that transition starts to occur, as soon as they lose possession of the ball. The only time that he's supposed to be really going back to that 4-4-2 is when the other team's solidly in possession. Yeah, that's true. It's, uh, again, the process. We're, we're, we're here now at this whole thing where we have to kind of like go, well, this is the... This is the ride we're on, so. Well, and, and a lot of you people, know, like, there's no reason. I don't see any reason like we have to like look at Berhalter and go like, "What are you doing?" I don't think he's like mad scientisting this thing like into. No, I think areas. I think he's... <laughs> it's going fine. It's, yeah, it's it's, it's it's a it's the genesis of something, and it's important to just kind of, you know, don't change the horse yet, midstream there's... or whatever, whatever the terms are. There's a lot of people that had, there's a lot of takes out there for, you know, Chile. There's a lot of tactical rundowns as far as, you know, how the U.S. played yesterday. Some really interesting insights. One thing that I really haven't seen, and forgive me if you have and somebody else has, and they're listening to this podcast saying, oh, this person said this. I haven't heard very many people talk about the fact that the United States had all of three set pieces last night, and that includes two corner kicks. That's not a lot of set pieces. No, I'm not. And, and I when mean, you look at generally Chile, speaking, yeah, Chile is small. They, well, and Chile is kind of a short of you know stature type, um, you know, the lineup that they have, the 18 that they put out there. There's not a lot of guys over six foot. In fact, I think there's like two uh, when I looked it up. So yeah. 
we definitely had a size advantage. And I think that when using putting out Miazga and putting out Omar Gonzalez, I think partially, yes, it was to, to give them an opportunity to go out there. We've seen Aaron Long. We've seen uh, John Anthony Brooks or John Brooks, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think really it was to capitalize on the fact that both of those guys are really good at set pieces and both of those guys are really strong. And when you looked at how Mexico beat Chile, I mean, let's let's just be honest. Like Mexico did more than just beat them on set pieces. Mexico looked really, really strong. But at the same time, two of the three goals that Mexico scored were from set pieces. So yeah. I, I think that part of this was, A, we're definitely going to counter, and I have zero problems doing that. And part of it was also we're going to get cut down at different points in this game because that's kind of, you know, uh, they played that phonetic, you know, type of uh, press. You're going to foul. Teams are going to, you're going to get fouled against Chile. And that's just going to happen intrinsically as part of the style, right? I mean, it didn't. But they didn't know. Well, it's and that's so weird. So, yeah. so that was uh, they had ten fouls called on the entire game, and that felt like the referee felt like this was. I guess this was kind of a friendly. He let some things go, and I felt like that that was detrimental to the United States game. Yeah, and and I don't think that you're going to have some of those things uh, be let go that you would normally. And I think that that kind of costs the u.s field position i think it cost them opportunities in the end yeah one last thing yeah baird had an opportunity in like the 43rd minute or whatever else bradley put in like this 40 yard pass on a dime to baird right outside uh right outside baby maybe i don't know the dude still doesn't look like he covers enough ground. I still think that he's diminishing in his ability to 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 be that covering uh, center defensive player that he was in past times. I still think that he's an elite passer. But I think Baird, mishand- mis- Baird mishandled the, the, the cross and his shot was just awful. He, he tries to take an extra touch on this. If that's Jordan Morris and Jordan Morris takes that shot with his right foot, he at least gives the goalkeeper a problem. Yeah. It sucks because for players like Corey Baird, for players like Christian Roldan, um, some of these guys that are more on, let's say, I mean, you know, they, they're getting calls in. Like, I don't think they're like, I wouldn't say, I, I don't want to say fringe because like, I don't think they're that, that far outside it, but, but, you know, less, they're not automatic choices for the team by any they're chance. Not te- and they're not technically, they're not being called in for the technical prowess, right? Like, rolled in maybe a little bit, but primarily they both cover so much ground and they do a lot of dirty work. Yeah. That that's what you're looking for for from them. So Yeah, it's just like use, this. Yeah, I guess it, it's just sometimes. unfortunate that, like, a lot of those incidents get remembered <laughs> and they get kind of pilloried for the, I, I for roll down like last time it was like he didn't play a ball to somebody that he should have well and, and like, last... that's all i read about for two weeks was like roll down didn't play this ball and maybe he's not u.s men's national team material because he didn't play that ball um 
Well, the yeah, same, and I'm sure you're going to hear about it because he missed a tackle, which basically started the counterattack that oh, Chile no. scored. Yeah. So you don't it, get a lot of chances at this stage, and it's kind of you, you mess up a couple of high profile things like that, and you could find yourself on the outside looking in. So. Absolutely, absolutely. I, while that we're being staying, said, I, while I we're staying the course with these with these new tactics and these new philosophies and these new approaches to the the, the U.S. men's national team way, I, I hope we stay with some of these kids that are. Uh, you know, still, still finding their feet at this level. You know who I really have liked, though, despite the fact I don't think he had a great game, is Paul Areola. I like Paul Areola now. I did He's, like Paul he, Areola for a while, but I'm same. trying to see why Paul Areola is a thing. Well, here's he. Let let let's play this out because I I I think it was fair for us to have the opinion that we had of him. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was good. I think people saw the potential, and I I, I think. At least to my eyes, I saw the I saw the paciness that led to a lot of straight passes, a lack of shots. I, I feel like he he's either getting more comfortable or he's actually being more assertive. Maybe that's a byproduct of being more comfortable. Yeah, I, I I'm starting to see end results of that. Yeah, I think so. And that this makes me like him. When, this is what happens when you stick with the process of giving these younger guys, these fringier guys, some more minutes. So um, I give the United States a 6 out of 10. Okay. Sure. Yeah. I, I think I think that's fair. <laughs> um, all right. What else do you want to talk about? Do we have anything else to talk about? Well, so you, 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 well, yeah. So you wanted to, t- you, you, you've been so bland on Greg Berhalter that I felt it only appropriate that I threw in some topics and discussions about uh, coaches that you do have strong uh, opinions on, such as uh, Brad Friedel. Oh, I, I don't like Brad Friedel. You, you, you've, you've not only made that clear, you made that point three different times this week. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's very good at that job. Um, do you, do you care to like expand upon that? <laughs> I mean, I don't have like, like, a, like. Yeah, I don't. I don't disagree with sure. you. Sure. I um, I don't know. I don't really have like a lot of strong feelings about managers. I don't think usually. I'm pretty bland on most of them. Um, there. I I don't. Uh, this is like not a very good like statsy answer i i don't like that he benched matt turner i think that was dumb boy do i hate that i think about that a lot and how stupid that was and he was really good he had a couple he messed up a couple times and you're just going to be like oh hey promising young goalkeeper who's doing excellent and has like we've put with no help in the back or basically like a completely dysfunctional defensive unit and you're still managing to like overperform your 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 g minus xg uh you're still making great saves you're keeping a team in, keeping this team in games that, you, that, that they shouldn't be in at all but i'm brad friedel so i gotta like lay down the law well and, and that's you know brad friedel was u.s men's national team goalkeeper i know so this is like his kitchen like the, he's gordon ramseying this thing and like not in the good way like <laughs> just, like, <laughs> just throwing his weight around man and i don't like it like, give him that Free Matt Turner. Get him to a different team. Then that kid is good. Anyway, well, it, he it, it similar so that was to the Tyler Miller, but that's but that's similar to like Tyler Miller. Not not yeah. in the sense that like Tyler Miller got sat down, but Tyler Miller kind of got you know everybody in Seattle kind of knew he was going to go on and do great things, and it was kind of tough because you had Stefan Fry right there. He didn't you didn't have a lot of openings. Yeah, you move him on. Yeah, you like who clip his wings. I feel like there has to be some team that is going to end up making a play for Matt Turner, and they're going to have to do it eventually. Yeah. 
but it's New England, so he might not ever get to leave. Oh, that's true. Oh, man. How su- yeah. how sucky would that be to be somebody that came in, like, figured out, wow, um, I actually have value in this league. And on top of it, there's a potential for me to be a starter just about anywhere. Oh, but I'm stuck on the one team um, that won't move me for any resources whatsoever because just because know. it's extra. I don't know. I don't just hate Brad Friedel. I hate that whole organization. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's totally fair. Uh, but okay. Yeah. Anyway, back to Friedel. Uh, this is like really petty stuff for me, but just like comments in the press he's made, uh, that whole thing about the locker room is how he wants guys that, like are mean to each other and like aren't nice to each other. <laughs> like that's how you really play the sport. He's all back in my day in England. You know, if another player in my position came in we were pretty competitive it's like cool man it's also okay to like have like a locker room that's good not that you'd know because your locker room sucks and we know that (laughs) because you're over here at halftime of this last game and you just throw your team completely under the bus like i'm absolving myself of all responsibility for this mess like the team just isn't responding to me the team just isn't following my instructions uh we get, we're gonna like we're gonna talk you're basically just browbeating them like just in a halftime interview like those little throwaway things that you're not supposed to do stuff like that <laughs> you're just supposed to be like yeah well it didn't go great for us so far we're gonna talk about some stuff and try to make some adjustments and you know be more attacking on the ball when we come back thanks for thanks, thanks Taylor and instead he's got to like just do this thing and now this is like the big talking point about the New England Revolution this week which they didn't need they don't need this. No, I, I <laughs> look. It, it, I had this. It, we talk a little bit about my uh, my U tens, you know, and the, these kids, right? Like, yeah. And I made the joke that you know I gave them the what have you uh, over uh, in, in the Brad Friedel fashion, and then um, it completely happened. We had a we had a game this week that um, everything that we had been working on, <laughs> in all seriousness, like it just it just came undone. Like I had kids that were vacating spaces that we had, you know, hey, we know we need to, you know, occupy <laughs> right. this. This is this is how we do things. We had to, you know, we have to make sure we're passing and finding guys in space and guys were, you know, spending too much time on the ball and they are trying to, you know, move the ball up the field a little bit more uh, singularly and with themselves. And, you know, it, it was frustrating. And I, I, I put myself in like, seriously, I, I honestly, after making that joke, like I sat there on the sidelines with none of the kids there around. And I thought, this is what I get. This is, this is what I get for having this conversation for mocking. And so yeah. I, I, I get that it's frustrating. And, and with all due respect, he, he, this is his job, right? Like this is me just trying to help kids and bring them together. Yeah. So I, I get the frustration. I, 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 I can somewhat commiserate and at least put myself in that shoes, but it feels like you're not, you're not helping your team at all. I I don't, I don't feel like he's done anything uh, as a coach. Like, and again, I don't follow new England day by day. I don't follow all the different things, but it's, it's really frustrating. It's really frustrating to see what I can uh, I come out of New England and for it to be overtly negative. Like, it's just, it feels like he's... When I think back I don't to know. Like, I, don't, I don't know what I, he's trying to do. I don't know what he's trying to get out of these situations. I don't either. And I don't think he does either. I, I don't think that this is a thing that he's great at. I don't... I think he was a really good goalkeeper. I think he was a... 
okay commentator. I don't think he's a great manager, at least not yet. I don't I don't know if he will be in the future. Certainly, this is his first job, so there's that's a it's a, it's a big pool to jump into. Um, but I yeah I, I don't know. I, I'm 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 done with Brad Friedel. <laughs> I guess I I don't like Rafael. I, I don't I don't have any other way to say that. Like and and, and, and perhaps I'm petty um, and reading too much into these things. But when I just kind of look at New England, um, I see players I like that are just not really used well. I see players I like that are benched. I see players that just won't get moved. I see uh, just this kind of like he reminds me very much of this old style of um, soccer man that just kind of like wants things to be like they were in 1990s England. And that's not necessarily a great culture, I think, to try and bring to um, Major League Soccer. So that's 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 all I have to say on Brad Friedel. No, I, Brad Friedel, I, I, Brad I don't Friedel if you're listening, don't hurt me. You're a lot stronger than I am. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know it's hard. You can come on the show and yell at me if you want to. We can, we can hash it out. Um, okay. That's it. I don't have anything else to say. So, about yeah. So going from teams that um, haven't been really good about kicking the round ball to teams that are LAFC has been kicking the daylights out of the ball. Uh, yeah. I mean, do you think, did I talk about this last week or the week before about how like people just kind of forgot about LAFC this off season? I don't think I forgot about them so much as um, they didn't do a whole lot, right? They, the things that they did yeah. was, I don't want to say they got worse, but they they made some moves that were were from an outside pos- position, like which we are. We didn't understand, and it's not to say that we immediately were like, "Oh, they're getting they're getting worse." It was, hmm, why would they go after those players? Hmm, why would they trade that player? You know, uh, John Matinho got traded to Orlando City for uh, El Manure that who. You know, ostensibly, everybody hated defensively, but loved uh, from an attacking perspective. Um, and yeah, well, he was like a, he was funny, man. Because like, if you go back and look at his stat lines, like he was a monster in defensive actions. Yeah, and, and look, I, I've I've kind of tried and to, I, and I know we we always talk through those, but I can't stop looking at them. I just want to know. I, I feel like he was really active. Um, trying to clean up other people's messes and i feel like he got himself out of position he vacated areas um that he shouldn't have and i think that's i I think the lack of consistency on that in in the coaching and the organization yeah exposed him and made him look a lot worse than what he was i I don't blame orlando for getting rid of anybody they did and i also don't blame anybody that played for orlando for a lot of what happened in orlando last year totally fair i I, i'm I'm with you on that um with that being said, LAFC just lights out, leading the, the league and expected goals for. Um, I mean, they're yeah. just and not just like expected goals for, expected goal differential, and yeah, yeah, it's been four games. So okay, you know, of course they're like, they're doing really well, but I. For, what were you gonna say? Sorry, I don't is, mean to. Is, is it per game? Uh, we can go to per game. Like I, I, I didn't look at per game. That's probably a really good question. Split that conference, you know. Hang on, I got the, the app out here. Here uh, we have. All right, so yeah, they are they're pretty good. They're, they're pretty fifth. Good. They're fifth behind in uh, expected goals for per game behind Seattle, LA Galaxy, New York Red Bulls, Chicago, and it's all pretty tight. 
Um, it is very tight. It is very tight. It's early. I just yeah. When you have one more game and the and there's only four of them, it's a lot more games. Sure, and, and they're sitting behind DC United, Houston, New York Red Bulls, and uh, for the lead in expected goal differential. Obviously, DC United, kind of the LAFC of the Eastern conference i guess in some ways <laughs> that's interesting all right well i mean you, you think about it in the sense that uh they both got a lot of attacking figures they both come across as really strong from a tactical perspective they probably are less so defensively like they feel well they've not been either have been bad defensively both feel like they don't have the strongest defenses and that's like nothing against, you know, Steve Birnbaum or uh, Man. Walker Zimmerman. Um, both are really good center backs. I just feel like, you know, that whole those back lines aren't necessarily complete. Although I think DC United has gotten better than I thought it was, um, especially with, uh, 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 is it what Yara? If, is it Jara or Yara? What, what if I told you that DC United had... They have zero goals scored against them. I, the I second know that best for XGA in the league. Yeah, per mm-hmm. game. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying. Maybe it's okay. In fact, there were people today on the internet saying that they were the best defense in the league. I, you know, um, I really don't understand why Bill Hamid cannot get. Like, I get his distribution doesn't match up with what they want. Um, and I get that, you know, people uh, don't rate his distribution very highly, but his ability to um, just completely keep teams in games against uh, shot volume just is mind-blowing. Yeah. Like his, shot vo- his shot stopping by itself, I don't think people understand the value that he brings intrinsically with that. Yeah. No, he's... I think people do. I, I mean, I feel like Bill Hamid gets, he's like a, I don't know, he's like one of those guys that you're like, oh, he's a cult band, but he's actually really popular. I think everybody really likes Bill Hamid, except yeah, but, for like the two people that matter. Well, I, I, I disagree because I, I, I've had people at me on Twitter about this, and I it, they put, you know, Twitter. Brad Brad Guzon, Sean Johnson, Zach Steffen, Tim Milia, I, you know, Stefan Fry, and all those are great keepers, right? Like the, the MLS is not short on good American keepers, right? Like that's never been an issue with an yeah. MLS, and it really shouldn't be, to be perfectly honest, uh, considering the the financial and economic strengths and roster construction, right? Like that is something that probably is going to continue happening. However, dot dot dot, Bill Hamid sh- is is a better shot stopper than any other keeper in this league perhaps not as good as Stefan Fry um but at least on par with Tim Milia. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think for the top I don't three, think that, I don't I think, think he does guys. Yeah. yeah, and I don't think he does the same things that Stefan Fry can do. I don't think he does the same things that Tim Milia can do that put make both of those keepers uh potentially better than him at times, but yeah. Bill Hamid's also, you know, what, four years younger? Yeah, and Stefan Fry and Tamiliev generally always had, like, a really good defense in front of them, and we cannot say the same about Bill Hamid. Maybe this year. Maybe this year. Maybe that's what we're seeing. Um, Maybe. Yeah. I, yeah I, 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 I'm still not there. I'm still not there. You're still not there, yeah. Well, early times still. Early times. Um, 
So I, I, I don't know. I'm not really ready to crown LAFC the best team in the league just yet. Um, well, you're in the minority, sir. I, I don't think so. Am I? <laughs> okay. I, I think it's, it's D. I think it, I, I think it, it goes DC it, United, LAFC right now. I think that's kind of the common consensus. And yeah, I think Seattle definitely should be in there Seattle? as well. Um, but not Houston. Houston has a better XGD per game. Well, dude, you want me to talk about Houston? I can. How much time no. you got? How much no, time right, you let's got? Not, let's not. Let's not get into Houston. We talk about Houston enough. Um, I don't think we do. I think we think we do more. Let me ask you this. More. Let me ask you this. Let me yeah, ask you this. go ahead. I might be more willing to consider Carlos Vela as the best player in the league. I, I could be convinced of that. Uh, maybe. Here's my question. I I, I heard this. Why not I Piotti? heard this. <laughs> are you being, are you being for real? Is this is this a, is this a thing that's happening? Why right now? not? P- no, I, you're not gonna, we're not gonna. I'm not gonna sell Piotti on this one. Um, <laughs> with the space vacated, with the departure of Miguel Almiron, with Joseph Martinez looking more and more like he really needs that buddy, his buddy Miguel Almiron back, with Zlatan missing many games, the throne has been, at least, albeit temporarily, abdicated. And should should Carlos Vela want to make uh, a play and, and win this Game of Thrones? Um, hashtag winners coming. Hashtag season eight. I don't. I don't know. You don't. Uh, you don't watch Game of Thrones. I do. I love do Game you really? I, don't, I I feel like that's a lie. I no, I really. I'm, I'm like the most knowledgeable about Game of Thrones. Are you? Oh yeah. Okay. Right. Tyrion, Cersei Lannister, Wildfire. Those are three things I know about Game of Thrones. So, You're reading you know, off Wikipedia. Okay, you know keep what? going. Keep Stay. going. Don't, 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 don't come at the king. Um, <laughs> don't come at the throne? Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. <laughs> I'm the king slayer. Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, I think this is a, a position, a job that, that has an opening at the moment. And certainly, uh, Carlos Vela is, is one of the players that is making a uh, very good pitch for that. Uh, do we have numbers to backset things up? Sure. Uh, so, you know, obviously just looking at expected goals, you know, mm. as we, as, as we are as we do, to, uh, as we do, um, you look at expected goals plus expected assists. He is the reigning champ, uh, presently at 4.3. However, dot, 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 you kind of, we talked about a lot about this with Joseph Martinez last year and, and there's no disrespect. Absolutely. Anything, anything negative you're going to say about a player uh, when they are leading expected goals and they're also leading in like, or at least up there in goals scored, people are going to take overtly negative or as a criticism to that player. This is no criticism whatsoever. This is just plain blank. We want to plainly. Yeah. We want to see how they're performing from open play, right? Because Carlos Vela already has a, a penalty like right now if you look at expected goals and look at the leader in expected goals marco fabian is the leader um and i think that he has two penalties that he took um which is uh i mean that's darwin quintero had two as well yeah these when we're this early in the year like penalties mean a lot in these these charts yeah, it's gonna it's going to inflate numbers the top five the top five if we don't include penalties it looks nothing almost nothing like the top five if we just leave it at open play so it's it's that big so expected goals plus expected assists from open yes. play, Carlos yes. Villa number one. 
Well, now here, let me, let me throw you. Let me throw you number two because All this right. is the this is where you get a little bit sketch, and you're going to have a fit. Dom Dwyer. I've never liked expected goals as a metric. <laughs> <laughs> I find it very suspicious right now. What do you mean? No, you forgot to uncheck something. Do it again with but right where it's not. <laughs> that makes me that makes me think of like that Rick and Morty scene. He's like, run the numbers again, run the numbers again. And like just keep, he just hits like F five, yeah. <laughs> just hits like keep, oh, re- oh. keep refreshing that until it doesn't say that. <laughs> Call Elliot. I, I I need to talk to him. <laughs> uh, I mean that's not super surprising. Has he not gotten penalties? I no, this is open play. Open play. Wow. Well, yeah. you know. The one thing you could say about Dom Dwyer is that he's not a bad MLS Ford, but I don't I don't care for him <laughs> for, for similar reasons to not caring for Brad Friedel that have nothing to do with analytics or statistics. I've I've always been partial to Dom Dwyer, but just because he I think that him. he's. I, 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 I there is something special that he does that gets and irritates every person that watches him that I just find endearing. Yeah. I'm just like watching the world burn. <laughs> I guess. Um, uh, no, that makes sense. Uh, so you got uh, right behind Dwyer, Nicholas Ladero. Ladero, yeah, obviously. He's pretty good. He's yeah. pretty good. We, we've established that. They're Victor- not going to ever, they're not ever going to make him the best player. In the- no one's ever going to say that, but he's, but here's the reason good. why. Here's the reason why. And I, I kind of come to this conclusion. He is, Carlos Villa and Nicolas Ladero are basically the same player that do the polar opposite. Carlos Villa is uh, so, he, so, so not the same. Player. No, well, like they have different. They have different uh, intrinsic. Like for, Villa's first instinct is to go at goal. Were you going to say Le- intrinsic talents? No, no, no. I, I think that I, I think they just they have different things that they want to do. Ladero's Ladero's first instinct is to pick up his head and look for his attackers. Yes. Ladero is going to find that pass, and then if that pass isn't available and that second pass isn't available, he is going to go at goal. And so help you God, he's going to burn everything down to get to it. But he has to he has to like he has a order of operations. He's like, first pass, not there. Okay, mm, take a second. Cause... Where's my second pass? Vela is like, screw that out the window, playbook, I got this. I, I, I but that being said, when Carlos Vela stops, can't go at goal. He's gonna go at goal again. Nope, still not available. All right, I'm going to make that pass, and it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome, and I'm going to pick apart the defense. Ladero and Vela can both do that. They can both burn down defenses. They can both pick out that perfect pass. It's just intrinsically what they're more apt to do first. Yeah, I think you're just going to see Carlos Vela score more goals than Ladero, and I think that's why people are going to rate him higher. And fair enough. Uh, well, a- absolutely. He's going to take more shots. He's going to score more goals. Ladero's going to pass more. And I'd someone said, someone said that, that in Slack the other day. Goals count more than a uh, goal. You're going to have a player score more goals than a player is going to get assists most times. Uh, they said that in Slack. And, and that's absolutely true. But yeah, from an analytics perspective, and we look at goal chains, and we look at how cha- how goals are originated, we see Ladero more apt to start that goals or be a part of the intrinsic uh, chain of events leading to a goal than we are for Vela. You, know, you see, he was fourth here. Fabrice Jean Picot. I know, man. Fafa. 
Fafa for MVP. The outsider's candidate. The dark well, horse. Let me, the pot okay, so, so I, I, I kind of alluded to something um, earlier um, with Zardes. Yeah. You know, Fafa wouldn't be terrible as like a... F- and I'm not talking about like as like the starting, the consistently starting center um, forward. He's for been, he's US. he's gotten he's gotten called up before, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's but yeah. It, it, all all of his starts have been out on the wing, um, which I mean, as it's we kind of talked do, about, what that, we do with fast players, right? We put him out in the wing because that's what's important. Um, yeah. I don't know if you know this, uh, Ian, but we play with wingers, and wingers are fast. Um, ask Mangus Erickson. Uh, it's it's a fact. Yeah. Um, I know you're being sarcasm, but that, that's okay. <laughs> I know it cuts you so deeply. It's so great. Uh, <laughs> all right. Here's the deal. I'm willing to give Carlos the job of best MLS player on an interim basis. Um, I won't put you on it. I think he has a few weeks to show what he's got. And, uh, you know, if he comes up, if he leaves me disappointed in the next coming weeks, you know. It goes to Daniel Royer. Away. goes to Daniel Royer. Goes to goes to CJ Sapon. <laughs> goes to Shea Salinas. Um, yeah, that's cool. I like him. He's a great player. He's really been very good, and I think a little bit unheralded uh, until this year. I think a lot of what he did last year was sort of um, overshadowed a bit by all the heroics going on in Atlanta. Um, but uh, and, it's hard to br- say that, that he hasn't been um, an extraordinary uh, marquee signing and designated player for a, for a very good uh, young team. Well, you also have the fact that on the other side of the city, they signed Zlatan, and Zlatan came and basically ruined your coming out party twice. Yeah, it sort of sucks up all the air, doesn't it? It it does. And so, yeah, I totally agree with you. I think Vela's been really quietly great um, over two years. Uh, Should probably be mentioned uh, on ASA a few more times. uh, We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Every three weeks, at least, we'll give a Carlos Vela update. There you go. There you go. Here we go. That's it. We're done. Kind of a short one this week. Uh, it was an abridged MLS calendar. We're back to full strength this week, right? And everybody going this weekend? Yeah, we have uh, we have uh, our nerd league this weekend. So get your team ready. Friday night soccer. Oh man, that's right. Friday night soccer. We got to get that ready early. Um, Last question. You. So yeah, should yeah, should yeah, I yeah. should I go in all in for David Acom? In the fantasy league, yeah. Uh, I think Jacob, Jacob wants an answer. I think he's like five dollars right now. No, he eight eight. Uh, oh, uh, Jacob bid eight dollars. Um, I I need to go up to nine, or I need to no, pass. I, I just I wouldn't. I let Jacob have him. Would you? Yeah. I'm scared. I'm scared. I Philadelphia got... does it does so well with you know creating chances right now. Yeah, but it's David Com. You don't know, man. Give flame out. Fine. All right. We're done. Like a Phoenix. We're done. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, <laughs> we'll be back next week to talk about things that are not our uh, fantasy teams. Uh, I want to uh, thank, as always, uh, my good friend and colleague, uh, Harrison Crow. You can find him on Twitter at Harrison underscore Crow. Uh, if you're so inclined, you can follow me on Twitter at a handle for Ian. Please follow American Soccer Analysis. That's at Analysis Evolved. And visit the website www.americansocceranalysis.com. Um, content going up this week i believe we got some stuff coming up hopefully in the chain uh but be sure to visit subscribe uh click that little bell icon if we have one of those um allow notifications if we're asking uh go visit the interactive table i noticed that some people are not visiting the interactive table um 
that that's where things will be updated first uh, every week. So if you go to our like standalone tables, that's those will get updated eventually. But if you want like hot off the press expected numbers and touch percentages and all that good stuff, uh, just click on that ASA interactive table. It's great. It's uh, very intuitive to use. I, I believe in all of you. And if you have any questions about how to use it, just tweet Harrison. It's Harrison underscore pro. Um, that's all. Uh, thank you again for listening. We'll be back uh, next week. Uh, and until then, enjoy the soccer.